Oh my god, what's up party people and welcome to a rainy day episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Blue Sky and also Twitter, but I'm only there like to see if the people that I love who are still there are still okay because it's like I'm watching a slow motion sinking terrible thing. Oh god. Also, at Romancing Nancy on Blue Sky. If you're so inclined, I keep not remembering to log into it. It'll, it'll get better. It'll get better. Blue sky's still under beta, y'all. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, also, I'm going to be even more ASMR than usual because I have this cool rain background effect. Um, anyway, this week's episode is The Secret of the Forgotten City, which is Nancy Drew Mystery Stories number 52. We're getting so high up there, y'all. We're getting so high up there. Um, Content warning for just shitty behavior. <laughs> no domestic violence in this one, just a bunch of shitty behavior. Um, also, like, desecrating cultural artifacts. I think that's both specific and vague enough to cover all the sins in this episode. Um, so, to begin, Ned comes over to Nancy's house and is saying the... Um, periodical table notation for gold, which is just, I don't know. It's kind of, it's one of those things where you're like, sure, because eight-year-olds need to be aware of the periodic table. Um, anyway, so he's saying that, which is AU, and Nancy's like, are you hurt? And he's like, no, I'm giving you a clue to your next mystery. And Nancy's like, first off, you're making dad jokes, which is fine because we're married now. Second, um, that's still just incredibly corny. And he's like, acknowledged. Um, we're planning a trip for you, but that's the only clue I'm going to give you. And Nancy's like, the periodic, the element gold. Okay. Okay. I'll see where you're going with this. I'm going to go find some treasure. Is that what's happening here? This is not like diamonds where you're giving hints that we're going to renew our vows in some sort of elaborate ceremony because again, they've been married. Um, I stand by this. I stand by this reading of them. They've been together for a long time. It's fine. Long time companions. Um, anyway. Ned's planning a trip because he has an old professor friend. Because, again, Ned is immortal. Um, that is occasionally lecturing at the University of Nevada. And, okay, okay. The main thing here is that there's some sort of thing that he wants her involved in in the desert. Like, sh- they they eventually tell her all this, but anyway. Um, so she's talking to Ned, and then all the, about this mystery trip that he's like, I'm gonna give you clues in just tiny, tiny increments, because I know how you roll, and also, it's a sexy little game for us, and Nancy's like, it is indeed. This is like foreplay for me. Keep going. But they hear a scream from outside, and as one does, they immediately run out of the house, and they're like, who the fuck is in trouble? Because... They're very much like superheroes, just, yeah. So, when they run outside, there's a woman, like, basically, like, sitting on the ground. And there's a guy running off with a massive purse. The thing is that, like, coming into this cold, you're like, so, first off, there's a bunch of people just walking up and down Nancy Street with purses at all times. Second, there's also people just watching to see if there's women walking up and down the street with purses at all times just to rob them. Nancy's neighborhood is a hotbed of criminal activity. 
As you know, since my, my new theory is that Nancy's surrounded by Scientologists, it makes perfect sense that her neighborhood would indeed be a hotbed of criminal activity. Scientologists. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's fine. So the woman sitting on the ground, like Hannah goes out there to be like, are you okay, lady? And Nancy and Ned pursue the criminal, which he just like jumps into a nearby getaway vehicle and drives off before Ned can tackle him to the ground and like punch him until he says what his face name is. Um, but Ned does get the license plate number because again, he understands that Nancy's personal security force will be behind this and will track him down as soon as possible. Although they are also desperately incompetent, which is why she's still the queen of everything. Um, so he runs off they go back to the lady who is like, oh, no, he, he took my purse. And Nancy's like, they did get her purse back? Yeah, they did actually get the purse back, but he took something out of the purse. So they hand her back the purse, and she's like, no, he took the things. And they're like, what what things? And she's like, is, it, is your name Nancy Drew? Like, apparently she, like, keeps whispering Nancy Drew over and over to herself, being super creepy about it. And Hannah's like, she just keeps saying your name, and it's weird, and are you sure that it's not more of the Scientologist? And Nancy's like, I don't know, I'm getting good vibes from her, so let's let's ask her some questions. Um, the lady, Mrs. Wabash, um, was bringing Nancy a set of, like, small, I want to say, like, maybe the size of a person's palm-ish is my, is what it feels like based on the book. Um, like a set of those, like maybe like five or six of those, something like that. There might be like as many as eight. They're not sure. Um, she had one that was like tucked into a little pocket in her purse, but the rest of them were like all together and the person stole the batch of them, but didn't find the one that was tucked into her purse. So she's like, it looks like this. And Nancy's like, thank you. Thank you for this. Tell me everything. So the lady was bringing them over to Nancy because Nancy, of course, is the hottest teen detective in all of the world. And Nancy was like, fair. Um, the thing is that she's in communication with the old, the professor that Ned is about to like, they're going to go on an expedition near, near Vegas. And they're looking for a, they're not quite sure exactly what they're looking for. Actually, they're looking for something related to the stone tablets, the little stone tablets. They think the professor and the woman who was trying to decipher them think that maybe they talk about some gold like sheets that were maybe made and inscribed and maybe something like that. So they're thinking the stone tablets lead to the gold sheets, which might have more information about them. They would be a cultural artifact anyway. So they're interested in finding them. Um, but they can't really decipher the stone tablets to find out where the gold tablets are or if they're even correct about there being gold sheet tablet historical markers. Um, and also where the fucking gold came from. They're like also interested in those things. Um, interested in all of these things for, for certainly not colonial reasons. Um, the lady herself is actually descended from the people who lived in that location. So she's got a claim to it. The doc, the professor in question does not. He's just like, I'm just a rando who has white skin. So I'm here for it. Um, it's, mm, I've, I've got a lot of issues with a lot of shit in this book. Uh, anyway, so they're planning their trip. Ned is staying over at Nancy's house. I was like, cause y'all married. Um, I mean, of course, Carson still lives there and so does Hannah, but Ned's like, also, 
hilariously like the first night after Nancy's like been she's been looking at the tablet and trying to decipher it and looking at all the symbols and everything like they stay up late together checking out the tablet and then he kisses her goodnight and he's like she's like sweet dreams Ned and I was like this is obviously for her dad who was like I don't want to know that y'all banging so they're gonna go to Nancy's room and just it's gonna be a good night anyway it's always a good night they need to get reacquainted with each other after he was kidnapped by a guy who was thinking about gouging people's eyes out. Real serial killer shit! Anyway, she needs to comfort him and show him that he is still a man and she loves him. Anyway, it's fine. Just gentle stroking. It's going to be nice. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. That's not true. This is always the topic of this podcast, as you know. Anyway, so... um. They, um, it's the same night that the tablet vanishes. You know that I'm clearly focused on could they have banged and that's what I was jumping ahead to. But anyway, the same night that the tablet vanishes and they're talking to the lady and they're trying to get more information about it. They, they contact, of course, Chief McGinnis, the head of Nancy's personal security force. And they're like, hello, first off, Scientologist, we really need to deal with this problem. Second, here is a license plate number. And he's like, thank you. I'm right on it. The license plate number, the Scientologist I'm still dealing with. They have many wigs and they're are difficult to track down. So, um, after that, like Togo, who goes for like 10 books with nobody mentioning him, they don't remember that he exists. All of a sudden, Togo starts barking, and Nancy's like, Oh shit, I have a dog. <laughs> Togo starts barking, and Nancy's like, Oh, do you want to go out? Because anyway, she opens the door. Togo immediately dashes after somebody who was clearly like at the door, like trying to eavesdrop or get into the house or some shit. Um, and then Nancy like chases after him and this voice calls out, call off your dog. I'm going to shoot him. And Nancy's like, son of a bitch. What? And so she like tries to call Togo back and then they hear a gunshot and then they can't find Togo. Everyone is deeply distraught. They're like, did this motherfucker shoot Togo? Is Togo okay? Is he injured? Did the man take Togo with him? What is happening? We do not know. Very upset. Very upset. And then like some undetermined amount of time later after they've searched the neighborhood and Nancy's distraught and Ned's like, I can comfort you with many, many things. Just, you know what the menu is. Just let me know. Cuddling, also okay. Searching for your dog with you, also working. Anyway, um, Togo comes back. Um, like, he comes up to the door, and he's barking, and Nancy's like, oh my god, you're okay! He's uninjured. There's, clearly, it was a warning shot to Togo. <laughs> but apparently, the guy, like, picked up Togo and took him away and then brought him back, and they're like, what the fuck would that be about? And Nancy finds a little note attached to his collar that's like, bring the stone tablet thing you have to this big, scary tree at sunset tomorrow. And Nancy's like, awesome, awesome, I love this. Her plan as always, is to substitute a fake tablet so that she can give them something and maybe catch somebody, but not actually give them anything. So that's fun. Um, the woman who brought her the stone tablets, like she tells her everything she knows, which is not much. She also says that she had started making like an answer key, like a little, like this pictogram probably means this, but that's also missing. Like that was in her purse. So she doesn't have access to that. She's like, I wish I'd had another copy. And Nancy's like, me too. Me too. This is real, real bad. The person has both the dictionary and the original stuff and you don't have any copies of it. And that's, that's not great. That's just not looking great for us. 
She does see this weird little glowing symbol in the corner of a, of the one stone tablet that does remain. And she's like, did anyone else see that? And they're like, see what? And she's like, that, that glowing scorpion thing? And they're like, honey, you're, you're real tired. You're going to need to go lay down. Just go lay down. Have some more milk. Anyway, it never, it's never mentioned again. It's just a weird thing. Anyway. So, um, Nancy makes everybody go out and find stuff. And when I say everybody, Bess, George, and their dates had come over to surprise Nancy. And Nancy had been like, we're in the middle of some shit. Like, this guy tried to steal a purse, and it was weird. Anyway, so that's why I say when everybody was distraught, it was literally everybody in Nancy's entire entourage. Her entourage was mourning with her. It was very public. It was like Roman times. So, anyway. Um, so, they all come back over, and Nancy's like, okay... Guys, I want you to get some chimney soot and also some gypsum. And anyway, she has a list of things because Nancy, in the back of her head, is like, at any time, I'm willing, able, and excited to forge some historical shit. So she has the guys go out and find her a stone that's approximately the right dimensions. So they go do that because, of course, they do. Um, To find this stuff to, like, simulate aging... Um, she mixes up some powder with some other stuff because she's doing some witchy shit. It's nice. It's, it's very October-y. Um, some decor, some, she's doing some Martha Stewart, some light Martha Stewarting. Um, she very carefully carves out things that look like what's on the original stone, but she changes everything. So it's like, if there was a line to the left, she puts it to the right. If there was a straight line that she makes it crooked, etc. If there was like a little, um, fox, then she changes it to a deer, you know, all this shit. And Ned's like, you're real, real good at this. And she's like, oh, no, thank you. I enjoy our com- your company. Um, so, yeah, they make the fake stone. Nancy's like, okay, we're going to, like, take it and substitute it. And then she gets a phone call. She had tried to call the, the old lady, the um, Native American lady. Yeah, that's, that's appropriate. Um, she tried to call her the day before, and they'd been like, she left this hotel, and we do not have a fording address. And Nancy's like, that's fucking weird, because she was going to stick around. Huh. Oh, Okay. So she calls and she's like, Hey, um, the old lady, the old lady calls. She's like, Hey, I had to leave my hotel suddenly for Scientology reasons. So I can't remember how the fuck this happens, but Nancy's like, I've, she, I don't know if she sees somebody or hears something or what, but like Ned's near her and the other guys and she writes a note and she's like, go see somebody's outside the house. And they go around the house and there's this little jackass who's sitting there with some sort of, the book literally says a listening device held against the house like it's some sort of big old like 1970s spy movie suction cup. I don't know. Anyway, so he's like near where Nancy's taking the phone call and he's like looking shifty. And so they snatch him and they're like, what are you doing? While Nancy's on the phone with the lady. And she's like, so what happened? And she's like, oh, well, I'm staying at a private residence and my name is Mary Morstan. And Nancy's like, cool. So if I need to call, then I know how to reach you for reasons. What else you got? Also, I wanted to tell you all about this fake stone thing we're doing. And while the guys are outside tackling this youth to the floor, um, they drag him inside the house and he's like, I'm like, does he have a cyanide? What, what are we talking here? Are we, does he have cyanide, arsenic? What's going on? He has a little recording. I can't remember if he has like an actual recording thing or if he's just taking notes on what he's hearing. But anyway, they find out that no, he doesn't know the name of the ladies under or blah, blah. Anyway, they're like, who are you working for? And he's like, I'm not telling you anything. And they're like, 
We have ways of making you talk. We're going to show you Hannah's chocolate cake and then tell you you can't have any. <laughs> anyway, um, they take him and he doesn't know anything. The, this is, again, because Scientology is very smart about this. They've been paying a lot of intermediaries where somebody's like, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know. I don't know. The thing that does happen, though, is that I think that he eventually maybe says that he's working for Fleetfoot Joe, which, no, I'm sorry. Mrs. Wabash, the old lady, is like, that's the name of the guy who I'm pretty sure is probably involved in this. He apparently is part native, but not fully, and they don't trust him, and he's shifty. Is He's very grifty, very Scientology-esque, pulling some Jean Parmesan shit, and, but sans wigs. Anyway, so they decide that they're going to the boys, because the when Nancy's talking to the cops, they're like, we'll, we'll take the thing out there for you, and Nancy's like, um, I've got three strapping young men who are part of my entourage. They would be happy to take a stone tablet and put it under a creepy tree at midnight. They're they're here for that shit. So I'm going to just let them handle it. And the cops are like, that's, that's chill. We got other shit we're working on. It's cool. You, you do you. We'll, we'll throw some people out there for, you know, back up and maybe fire extinguishing reasons. No, no judgment, Nancy. Things explode near you. Anyway. So, the guys go out there. Of course, the girls accompany them. At least Nancy does. And, um, they get fucking jumped. <laughs> like, they go, they go out to the tree. They put it where they were told to. And on the way back, they get fucking jumped by, like, ten people. <laughs> and it's like a fucking free-for-all. And the girls are like, son of a bitch. And George is like, let me go in there. Let me go. Let me go. In. Judo. Judo, Nancy. And Nancy's like, Honey, you go get your ass kicked. Like, I'm about to call in some people. So she pulls out a police whistle, which sh- she's like, I got this from a costume shop. And I was like, bull fucking shit, Nancy. You went to Chief McGinnis and you were like, give me all your, all your shits, all your equipment. He lets her go through his desk. Okay. Clearly. Anyway, so she has a police whistle and she blows it as hard as she fucking can and like everybody scatters and like even Ned and his friends are like oh shit what and like everybody stops and the the guys run off and they're like okay um apparently the this is retribution for the little dude they caught outside Nancy's house with the listening spy shit um because they fucked him up and so they're like we're gonna fuck you up over it and it wasn't actually because of anything else i was like maybe a beef from a previous case but no it's only scientology only scientology anyway it's fine um the other weird thing that happens is they're like trying to keep an eye on it to see who comes out there to to get the the actual stone um and they thought that maybe the gang was going out there to get it but it doesn't seem related. And then they see this guy walking who seems to be walking in the right direction, just kind of like randomly, like no reason. They're like, no one goes to this creepy tree at this time. It's got, this is going to be related. So they follow him on foot and he fucking falls in a fucking hole, like a, like a, a band of well or some shit. He is baby Jessica Ing. Um, so he falls in the pit or whatever the fuck and like breaks his arm. Or at least, like, hurts it to the point that he's having trouble moving. And they come up on the hole and they're like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, God, no, please help. So they go down. Nancy, oh, actually, Ned volunteers to go down there. He's like, I I can go down there and, and handle this. And Nancy's like, honey, that that ladder that we found nearby, super rickety. I love you. You are significantly 
heavier than I am. And Ned's like, hell yeah, I am. And Nancy's like, I know, because you lay on top of me often. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go down there. It's going to be fine. So she goes down there and helps the guy get up the ladder so that he can get out of the hole. He was tasked with um, getting the stone tablet. And it takes him a really long time to, like, they ask him questions. They're like, Did, what were you on your way to do? Like, who sent you? Blah, blah. And he, like, he thinks about it real hard. And he's like, yeah, it was Scientology. I I just needed some money. And I'm, I'm real, real sorry. You guys are really nice. And I'm sorry that I tried to fuck you up. And I'm, I'm real sorry. And they're like, that's fair. So they take him to the hospital. <laughs> They take him to the hospital and drop him off, and he's like, y'all real nice people, and they're like, we are, thank you. Um, Scientology sucks, and don't deal with them. Just just go do other things. Be free. Um, but anyway, so they decide that Dave is going to impersonate the little dude who fell in the hole and got his arm broken, who never appears again, and it's fine. Um, so Dave is like, I will, he's supposed, that he says where he was supposed to drop it off. So Dave picks up the fake stone tablet, and he's like, I am here for... Thing. So he like strolls around the garden where he starts to drop it off. It's very, it's very spies. And these two guys are like pacing around and they're like, do you have the thing? And he's like, is, is this who, what's your name? Is it, is it maybe Fleetfoot Joe? And he's like, doesn't fucking matter what my name is. Give me that shit. So, but here's the thing, Dave or Bert, I don't know. I don't ever remember. That's not a thing that sticks in my head. I just remember that. Bert is dating George because their first initials are not the same. <laughs> I I neither remember nor care about anything else about them, really, because I was more interested in Ned this entire time. So I'm like, they're interchangeable. They both have dark hair. One of them is a little bit stockier than the other, and that's that's the extent of it. They could be identical fucking twins. Doesn't matter. Anyway... The one who drops off the stone tablet has a an ingenious little device that his uncle invented, which sounds a lot like a Polaroid camera. Um, he can take a picture and it, like, the camera produces a print very quickly. And I was like, yeah, it's a Polaroid. It's a, it's a fucking Polaroid. But apparently, like, it's, it's a thing that his uncle, like, is working on patenting or developing or some shit. But it's like... Yeah, super cool. Nobody else has one of these. So he takes a picture of the two guys that he drops off the stone tablet with. And then he, he goes to the police and he's like, hello, uh, I had a meeting with these people at this time. And here's a picture of them. And they're like, holy fuck, can I see that camera? That camera is super hot. And he's like, I know, my uncle invented it. Thank you. Yes. Anyway, everybody's like, you have the best camera. You're doing some good work. So there, neither of them is the dude in question, the one that Ned tried to tackle on his way to his little getaway vehicle. But he's they're apparently Confederates because, you know, you know how these things work. There's like 20 people and it's all weird and lots of wigs. So, anyway. Nancy and her friends, at this point, I think, decide to head out of Vegas. Because um, what else are you going to do? Um... If you were thinking, this is where you thought that they would get married. First off, I would love for Nancy and I to get married in Vegas. I'm here for it. Second, they don't, they, they're like Vegas adjacent. They go to the Valley of Fire, she said questioningly, because she has never been to Vegas. Um, but they don't actually seem to go into Vegas proper. They go to like one place for like a dinner show or some shit and that's it. Like the rest of the time they're in the desert. Um, 
Second, they're already married. They would be doing some sort of like an Elvis renewal of vows thing, something like that. But this is like mid 70s. So I don't think Elvis was doing this at this point, but maybe he was. Um, anyway, so they're like, we need some souvenirs. Also, we need to, you know, do some of the more risque clubs. I don't know. Anyway, it's 70s Vegas. I think it's mobbed up as shit. Anyway, um, I think they have to, like, get a flight to some random place, and then they get out to where they're going. Anyway, you know, it's 1970s air travel. It is so much more relaxed. Everyone's smoking. There's one point where, like, Ned sees a thing that is apparently, like, a, a smoking pipe, and he's like, this looks extremely inefficient. And I was like, how much are you smoking, Ned? Oh, my God. Anyway, he's he's like, you know me. I'm an enthusiast. Anyway, um... I think that's the last time that anybody, like, anything happens in River Heights. So they head out. They're going to Vegas, and they're making a fucking caravan. They're making, like, a, a wagon train. They're they're doing, like, they're going to have a, a kitchen RV, basically. Like, refrigerated. Like, it's a fucking refrigerated truck that they're using for, like, their, their kitchen stuff. There's uh, students from Emerson who are going. There's students from Vegas who are going. Um, when they get on the plane, I think, is when they meet up with Archie, who is just exactly as much of a dick as that name would suggest. Um, and he's just very full of himself and just like, I know everything about everything. And he ends up talking to Nancy for a minute, and she's like, oh, you're tiresome. <laughs> And everybody's like, we wanted to get you out of that conversation, but I mean, you, you were, you pulled it off. He pulled it. And she's like, of course I did. I'm the main character. But, um, yeah, he's, he's not fun to be around. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I was like, he probably is like on the spectrum and y'all just being a little bit mean about it, but okay. Like he's just socially awkward and yeah. And he does, he is suffering from white dick syndrome. So there is that. Oh my God. Anyway. Um, they get out there, they go to, I think it, Mrs. Wabash, like, comes out around the same time, but she doesn't want to come with them. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but one thing she does say is when you get out there, see if you can find Wana Atler, Antler, and they're like, sure, that's an unusual name that would definitely stick out whenever anybody is thinking about anything. So that's going to be cool for us. Oh my God. So the other thing that happens is like almost as, as soon as they get out to Vegas, um, the girls decide to go on like a little, like getting familiar with the area trip. And so one of the places they go to is like this little like local museum that's set up, that's got like examples of dwellings. And they talk to them about like all the different civilizations, all the different communities that, and peoples that would have been in the local area. So that's where Nancy learns and her friends, Bess and George, as you know, um, that different civilizations, like, or different communities, different tribes, etc., would have, like, settled in one place, and then would have moved on, and would have left, like, you know, whatever their things were that they would have left behind, so they would have, you know, whatever the, whatever was left, but in this place, in this local place, it's, like, four different time periods, four different sets of people settled in the local area. And so sometimes when they're doing archaeology work, they'll dig through layers that and like the top layer is going to be, of course, the most recent one, but they've come through and found like evidence of four different ones that had lived in approximately the same place. So they think that's pretty cool. Um, of course, each 
type apparently use different types of dwellings. And so they've got an example of like this kind of like, I think it's like a dug in hut that's got like a, it's got like a hole on the top for smoke to come out. And like this little, the little entrance, like you kind of like hop down or use a little ladder to get into the little, the dwelling. And so the curator of the little museum is like, oh, you know, you're welcome to come in and, and check it out. And so he's like, go ahead and see if you can get in there. Like, you know, just kind of like see if you could do something similar to what the, these people would have done. And so Bess tries to get in there and like manages to turn her ankle like immediately. And she's like, son of a bitch. And the curator's like, shit, my bad. Like that was, that was not cool of me. I'm sorry. So for the rest of the book, Bess is like, yeah, I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> Because as always, Bess is, Bess is every woman, especially me. Um, so they go and look at every, they look at the different things that were, you know, the, the different stuff that they've got from the different civilizations that's on display in the museum. And they talk to them about like different places nearby. One of them is of course the Valley of Fire. One of them is like the mouse hole. I think that's the name of it because I was like, I don't, I don't like this. Um, it was apparently the hideout for some famous bandit. I don't know. Anyway, apparently there's like a picnic spot because it's a nice place. But anyway, it's near the Valley of Fire or this other similar place. I think it is. Anyway, it's fine. The other thing that happened is I think, um, somebody actually contacted Mrs. Wabash and was like, Hey, I've got one of your tablets. I would, I can sell it back to you. And she was like, yes, I will take it. Um, so they sold her Nancy's fake tablet, which was shitty, but also Nancy was like, huh, I like that. I like that. But that doesn't mean he has the rest of the originals. Um, Nancy has a hunch because when they go up to see the mouse hole, like the next day, which of course Bess can't do because she's turned her ankle. Um, she starts screaming and they see Fleetfoot Joe, Jean Parmesan, who is like near the entrance of the cave and is like looking shifty. And they're like, you son of a bitch. Nancy's like, he's hidden those tablets near here. He's hidden them near here. And everyone else is like, we are used to you just having mysterious, crazy hunches that turn out to be true. So it's fine. But Nancy decides that she needs to look like, maybe he's hidden them in this cave area. Maybe he's hidden them in like the Valley of Fire things. So anyway, so repeatedly during the book, she and her friends go back to the place to look around and see if they can find a place that he might have hidden them. So there's that. Um, the other thing that they do, of course, is they join up with the group. They form the convoy and they go out to the place that Juana, because here's the thing. They go out to like one of the first nights they're there. They go out to like a Vegas show and like a, like a very busy place that's got a lot of people there. It's like, you know, it's a, I guess it, they don't say it's a casino, but it feels casino-y. Um, and all of a sudden they hear like different people being paged and they're like, oh, that, that's clearly got to be their stage name. That's cute. Um, but one of them is Mrs. Antler, Miss Antler, I'm sorry. And they're like, Miss Antler, we're supposed to hook up with a Miss Antler. Oh my God. So they spread out and they find her and she's like, hey, y'all, hey. And they're like, hey, we were going to go out in the desert and we were hoping to find you. This is magical. We are so glad you were here. And she was like, I'm here for it as well. She, um, when she's talking to Nancy and her friends, she's like, I have this really cool artifact that I brought with me. And they're like, oh my God, yes. Let us see it. We are here for it. We love accessories because it's a necklace and it's got like little turquoise beads and gold beads and it was found locally. And they're like, oh my God, yes, this is so cool. Tell us more about it. Here's the super horrible thing. 
apparently a woman when she was she had a young son like years back and this young son vanished and she was unable to find him and they eventually located him at the bottom of a dry well um so that was not great and he died I think he had died while he was in the well but they found the beads near him like he had found them maybe at the bottom of the well um and so the old woman when she found her son like took the beads and made them on a necklace and then Juana came into possession of it I think that the woman said like I want it to be among our people like because she was native so Juana has the necklace and she's like oh yes it's very pretty and then like George is like oh I like turquoise which does seem to be consistent for her throughout the books so she picks up and like is idly going to put it on and Juana's like oh my god no fuck no don't don't put that necklace on and George is like I wasn't gonna hurt it and Juana's like it kills white people (laughs) oh my god she let two other white people put it on like just casually at in the past and one of them like was in a really bad car crash the next day another one like developed a really severe medical condition that like no the daughters couldn't figure out and she's like don't put that shit on when that old lady gave me the necklace she said it should not be on white ladies no white people should have this necklace and so they mentioned this casually to archie the socially inept dude and he's like yes have you heard about king tut's tomb and they're like no and then he tells them accurately that the white people who broke into king tut's tomb all came down with shit and they're like oh okay well I'm, I'm not gonna put it on them so from then on out anytime Bess sees any sort of artifact that can be worn as jewelry she's like fuck don't put that shit on don't put that shit on which i was like that's fair though like i, I feel like that's fair anyway um so they go out in the desert they're searching they find they're like wanna where do you want to go and she's like this is where I, the vibes the vibes are good right here she is hoping to find an underground river which when i heard that i've thought about the thames like in london how the thames is of course not an underground river but there's a bunch of like little rivers that have just been like kind of folded into the london sewer system which i was like that's horrible uh, <laughs> Oh my god, what? I thought of that, but that's not the situation that we're in. But anyway, they're thinking that there may be like some sort of underground river. And sure, sure, clearly it's possible. Um, and she's hoping that they'll find the clues that they need to locate the gold tablets or, or other signs of the civilization that she's hoping to find more information about under there. So that's fun. Um... They're working in pairs, of course, and so that means that Nancy and Ned get to hang out together. I was like, whispering sweet nothings to each other while doing some light archaeology. I do love that everyone's like, Nancy's clearly equipped to do archaeology. I'm like, she's not licensed! Oh my god, she clearly has not gone to college for this! Neither has Ned. Clearly he's an engineering major. What the fuck is happening? It's like, chaos! Fucking chaos! It feels like nepotism, but none of them are like, we just want to get in good with your dad. They're just like, you're just a real good detective. And that feels like it's got a significant overlap with archaeology. And I'm like, only if you've been watching only Indiana Jones movies. Anyway, oh my God, it belongs to a museum in this country of origin. Um, <laughs> God bless. Oh, oh no. And of course, Nancy's going back and forth between like helping out at the dick site and hoping to find some stuff. And... Bess actually, like, is doing some sifting through dirt and finds a little, like, clay doll. Her date, so this would be Dave, 
goes back to the car, gets some like rubber cement. That's not, I'm, I'm being facetious, but it's like statuary repair. Like, so they do find the actual like appropriate equipment for this, but he brings back this statue glue and they assemble it themselves. Again, neither one of them is trained in this. Um, and they're like, oh, this is real cute. And then they take it to the museum where Nancy um, and her friends had gone where Bess turned her ankle. And they're like, here, a clay doll. And he's like, y'all did a real fucking awesome job. Love it. Thank you. And I was like, oh my God. I was horrified. I'm horrified anytime they're trying to do archaeology because I'm just like, yeah, um, it was the 70s. But I still feel like that's not a good excuse. Anyway. So they find that, they go to the Valley of Fire, and Nancy finds a, ta- Nancy and Ned find a tablet, um, and Nancy's like, yes, this is more clues about, she thinks that maybe there was a famine, and that explains, like, why they would have moved on, like, maybe the river dried up, or stopped, or there was a drought or something. Um, she thinks that one of the signs indicates that maybe they were attacked by somebody or something. She thinks that one is about them making peace with... Anyway, so she's trying to interpret this. And I'm like, again, you're... On the one hand, is it code? Yes. On the other hand, like, this feels like a thing that she shouldn't be able to do, if that makes sense. Like, she just... She's Mary suing it. She's... mm, Anyway, please, please let actual trained people do things. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Anyway, so they're going back and forth between those places. Um, at one point, Nancy is like she's with her. Fr- I think they're eating dinner or something like that, and they're they're talking about something. And then like Nancy's snatched, like somebody grabs her from behind, like smashes his hand over her mouth so she can't cry out, and she uh, she pulls the thing which. I am planning to do, if anybody ever tries to abduct me in this manner, is just all of a sudden go perfectly limp and they will drop you and then you get to run away. Like, yes, that's, that feels exactly what I would be capable of. Turn into a sandbag and then just run or go as briskly as one can. Michael Myers it. Um, anyway, so she does that. She gets back to the group. The guys tackle the guy to the ground and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I was just trying to say hey and they're like no you weren't what the fuck is going on because it's it's that dipshit it's fleet foot still feels weird anyway before this point i just want to gently point it's around the same point where you're getting near the end of the book and so you know that like some shit's about to go down this like air-conditioned car pulls up they make a point of saying that. I was like, it was the 70s. I guess air conditioning was kind of like a, a fun luxury. Kind of like powered windows, which... Anyway. Um, so somebody's like, Nancy, there's there's a car here for you. And Nancy's like, this feels perfectly normal. And so she goes over to the car and they're like, get in the car. It's real hot out here. And I was like, this is how you get kidnapped. But she gets in the fucking car. I guess the vibes felt correct. And they're like, hey... We found a thing and we were wondering if you could help us with it because somebody said that maybe you could and we talked to the curator of that weird museum and they gave us your name and so we tracked you down in the middle of the desert. I was like, none of this feels, none of this feels organic or natural or plausible in any way. But Nancy's like, yes, all of these things are true. They show her the thing. It's this, it's one of the stone tablets. Um, 
she was, they were like somebody associated with the museum sold it to us. And she was like, first off bullshit. Second, this is stolen property. And they're like, Oh no. And she's like, did you, were you asking if I wanted to help you? And they were like, well, we wanted to ask you for help deciphering it, but if it's fucking stolen property, we don't want any part of it. Like the woman starts screaming. She's like, no, we can't have stolen property. Like we've done this before, Carl you know what happened. Anyway, so they like basically throw the box with the tablet in it at Nancy and they're like, we got to go. And she's like, sure. None of this seems weird at all. And just like saunters back to the group. And she's like, guess, guess what, bitch? I got another one. It just came to me because I'm magical. And they're like, all of this tracks, you are magical. Especially Ned, who was just sitting there like, I bask in the glow of you. Oh, God. Like, how was she not fucking kidnapped? How was she not fucking... I guess they were like, we've only got like 10 pages left. We can't have her be kidnapped. My God. How would we get her back? So, they find... After uh, Fleetfoot attempts to kidnap Nancy and, and then is like, you'll never take me alive, copper! Um, They find where he was staying and they find the... The little answer key to the tablets and a little map showing where he's hidden the tablets, but not the tablets themselves. So they have to go out into the Valley of Fire, which is where Nancy thought the tablets were already. And they find the remainder of the tablets. So Nancy puts them together and she's like, yes, yes, I see it all now. Yes, yes. Uh, what we're doing is correct. Um, they have located the the underground river that Juana was interested in. So Nancy and I think Ned was in... Ned was digging with another guy and Nancy was like, y'all, we got a break for lunch. And they're like, but we're, 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 we're in a groove. We're doing good. I'm, I'm enjoying our work down here. And Nancy's like, bitches, the directions from the grownups say that we got a break for lunch. It's very exact and specific. Let's break for fucking lunch. So the boys get out of the hole and they're of course covered in mud. Um, and they're eating lunch, and then all of a sudden, like, a huge geyser of water comes out of, up out of the hole, and Ned and, I think it was maybe Bert, were like, we would have gotten our asses beat, so I'm glad that we got out of the hole when Nancy told us to. And I'm like, yes, yes, she, she knows all, and you need to listen to her. Anyway, so, so they've located that. They're afraid of they don't know anything else about it, and so they don't go into it. They also find a skeleton, um, Nancy and Ned are down there and they find like an arm because again, they dug like pretty much straight down. And so they've kind of like bisected a grave almost. The skeleton is also not intact. It's like definitely buried in the ground. It's not like in any sort of container or niche or anything like that. So they recover part of the skeleton and then, and then they find like the hand has fallen away from the skeleton. So they find that eventually they find, I think most of it. Um, they, they're going in shifts, of course, so they eventually uncover as much of it as they can and take it out. They then go to their car, get equipment to drill holes in the skeleton and some wire and put it and wire it together. I was real, real mad that they did this. Um, y'all, mmm... No, no. And see, the the fucking horrible thing is, like, Juana's there, and Juana's just like, oh, okay. Like, she doesn't say anything, and maybe she's afraid to. I, or, again, because this book was written by a white person, maybe the white person was like, she wouldn't object to this. This would be fine with her. Um, Because it's, they're like, oh, this skeleton... 
they're like, this is a skeleton of a man, which I was like, skeletons don't tell you that. There's, it's not like, oh, it's this color. Um, also they were like, oh, he seems pretty short. And like his skull was maybe he got hit by a spear. Like they're doing, they're doing baby CSI work. Um, but they're like, he seems shorter than, and they're like, yeah, the, that tracks, that would have made sense. Um, but then they're like, do a little like, it's like a puppet. We should scare people with it at the campfire. And you're like, I want to murder every single one. Why the fuck? Nobody's saying anything negative. They're like, oh, that'd be creepy. None of them are like, this is a person skeleton that you're oh my god, I'm, it was, it was real, real bad, okay, it was real, real bad, that's what, that's actually what they're doing at the campfire, and they're like, we're gonna make spooky sounds and scare the rest of the group, um, that's what they're doing actually when Nancy gets grabbed, and the, and Fleetfoot, that whole shit happens, and I was like, you kind of deserve it, (laughs) oh my god, don't fucking wire skeletons back together, that's for fake skeletons. If it's a real one, you leave them alone. This is how you get haunted. I think that actually somebody does say something like, I, I feel like we're, we might get haunted over this. And I was like, yeah, if this were that kind of book, yeah, you would, bitch. Anyway, so um, the last thing that happens, of course, is that Nancy's in the hole digging and she sees something that she tries to get to, but she's like, they're they're being lowered into the hole by ropes so that they can, they're kind of suspended above the river because they don't want to fall into it. And they, they're kind of like looking at what they've uncovered by digging straight down into the ground. So Nancy sees something, I can't remember what, and she's trying to reach for it and she can't reach it while she's in the ropes. So she actually gets herself out of the ropes and falls in the river and gets swept off. And that's it. And she's like, I could die like this because she's like, if the hole that the water goes into like is only big enough for the river and if the river sweeps me along with enough force, then I could get knocked out and drown. So she's like, oh, this is bad. And she can't do anything about it. Like she can't, she's trying to find a way to get out of it, but she can't. And in the meantime, Ned is over the hole and he's like, Nancy, it's time to come up for blah, blah. Like, I don't, it says like some minutes have gone by and he hasn't heard anything from her. Then they realize that she's not at the end of the rope. And when they pull it back up and it's like, I'm going after her. And they're like, she fell in the, she's, she's in the water. Like, that's what happened. She's in the fucking water. And that's like, I'm going after her. You go downstream to where we know that like, we've also uncovered water down there. So we're pretty sure he said, widen that hole. And we're going to see if like between here and there, we can find her. And they're like, son of a bitch. Okay. So they head down there and Ned, Ned goes in the water and Ned is like clearly risking his life. He's like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to find her. I don't know if, if she's dead, that I'm going to die the same way. (laughs) It's like, he is her ride or die. Son of a bitch. Like, he's like, I'm a minute, a minute. I'm going, I will follow her anywhere. I'm going to follow her straight to hell. Probably literally. Um, but she does, uh, she gets downstream to a part where there's like a little bank and she's able to get out of the river. And then she's up there and she's located something. And then Ned sweeps by and he's like, Nancy, thank God. And she's like, oh my God. Because she realizes he could have died. He came after her with the knowledge that he could have, with her, it was an accident. With him, it was intentional. Like he knew. And she's like, Ned, I can't believe, thank you. Thank you for coming. And he's like, girl, girl, we're married. It's fine. What you got? She has located, I'm not going to say the word, um, bundle is another 
a bundle of sticks. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> she's located that. It doesn't have two Gs. Um, and she's like, I feel like there's something important in here. It's, it was kind of like putting a niche in the wall. And so, um, meanwhile, the people who are digging to make the hole bigger, um, financing that, and they're like, Hey, so they managed to get them up out of the hole. At this point, um, Archie comes along on a dune buggy. Cause of course he does. And he's like, Hey bitches. And they're like, what, what's up? He's like, what y'all doing? And they're like, we're playing, um, Pinochle and also Uno and maybe Spades. And he's like, okay, so you're going to be smart with me. And they're like, yeah, basically. They don't want to tell him what they found because he's like a pompous asshole and they're afraid that he's going to tell everybody. And they also don't want a gold rush. Oh my God. Earlier in the book, like when the caravan actually sets out into the desert, they, um, they have to camp for the night and they run into a group of, um, Spanish speaking people who are like being very loud and like seem to be threatening and Nancy's like hang on I know Spanish and so she goes over and she's talking to them and apparently like their dialect is similar to the one that she speaks enough that she's able to communicate with them and she's like oh they heard about the gold rush the before they even left River Heights there was a like newspaper headline that was like gold located in desert near Vegas people are getting real super stoked about it and they're like son of a fucking bitch but the place that people are looking for gold is not actually the same place that they're going to be digging. So when Nancy sees them, the guys are like, no, this is where we've staked out. We're, we're here to look for gold. Nancy has to tell them, I'm really sorry, but the place that people are looking for gold is actually like not here. They think that there may be gold where they're going, but they don't know that. And they know that the place that everybody else is looking for gold, where apparently there have maybe been some signs is like, and you know, like, 180 like completely behind them so nancy's like so they immediately just set off to that place and nancy's like that worked out pretty fucking cool anyway they don't want archie finding out about it because again they don't want him just oh yes i'm going to take over here because i am a pompous asshole um so he is like well i'm gonna go back to camp and so he tries to leave but his doom buggy like gets stuck in something and like ends up falling in the hole the hole that they had been putting in the ground for nancy and ed to come out of and they don't want to explain why the hole's there or anything they're like we're just excavating shit here or whatever so they have to like pull his fucking doom buggy out of the hole and he's like he saunters off and oh at this point like they send one of the guys with him to make sure that a his car doesn't get disabled again his little doom buggy but b that he doesn't come back because they're like just just get him the fuck out of here um, Nancy and Ned bring up their discovery, having, having overwhelmed death. Uh, Juana is there and she gets to see when they actually uncover it. And it is the gold place they were looking for the whole time. It's the, the exact things and it's got inscriptions on it, which are, seem to be more historical information. And so she's like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I can't believe we found it. And we've got the river here. And also the curator of the museum is like, if you've located the river, then it's possible that, like, you can turn this place back into a habitable place for natives. Like, the, they can return to where they came from. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is great. And Nancy's like, and my adrenaline is completely dropped off. Like, she's got that end of the case, like, I'm sad now. And I'm like, it's because your adrenaline's low, hon. It's, you were so excited to solve the case, and now you're, you're feeling a, a crash. That's when you need to go bang Ned. That's what he's here for. He is here to enrich your enclosure with sex. That's what he's here for. That's his role in this. 
So anyway, yeah. It's kind of weird because, like, they never named the civilization, I think, partially because they wanted to make it generic enough that it was, it could fit anywhere. Um, there's not anything, like, it's not attached to a person. Like, it's not attached to Juana specifically. Like, she's like, oh, this is a great find because she's an archaeologist. But, and also her people are from there, but it's not like, oh, yes, this is related specifically to my own tribe or anything like that. It's, it's not really like that. Um, another, they do find some more turquoise beads, which are similar to the ones that are on Juana's necklace when they're doing their digging. And Bess is like, we ain't touching that shit. We ain't touching it. No. And I was like, thank you. Can you, could you tell them that the same thing about skeletons? Maybe just leave those for grownups to deal with in respectful ways. Although this is the 70s and um, people were barely recognizing that they need to be respectful about cultures. So there's that. Um, yeah. Yeah, good times, good times. So what, if anything, have we learned? <sighs> Don't fucking wire skeletons back together. Oh my God. Oh my... Why was there not a grown-up with them? They actually, like, go with um, the guy who was Don, is the name of the professor who was in charge of all this. So, of course, I immediately went to Don Draper. But, um, anyway, they go out with him. Like, he's like, let me help you look for the tablets in the Valley of Fire. And then, like, when he goes out with them, he's like, I don't like to be called a professor. Call me Don. And there's definitely, like, some where he's paired off with Juana because everybody else, of course, is already in a pair. Um, so Nancy and Ned are together and George and Bert are together. And Bess is back at camp because she's like, I don't have time or patience for this. And I need to be in air conditioning. She's going to go full glamping on this, which, again, solid choice. As always, Bess is generally making the solid choice. Um... I'm, and of course, like at some point, George is like, well, you know, it's convenient for the, you that you turn your ankle because I know you're going to be like sitting in the dining car this whole time. And Bess is like, why don't you choke on a dick? But um, she doesn't. She should have. Um, there's definitely some like, oh, well, Juana and Don have similar interests and maybe they might want to hang out because like they find they find some stuff together and they're like, oh, yeah, we found some stuff together. And I'm like, y'all don't need to pair off everybody. You don't you don't need to you don't need to. It's OK for Juana to be her own person. Just saying. Um, so that's fun. Um, I am. This feels kind of like crossword cipher where somebody hands Nancy an artifact, like hands her the actual, not even a copy of it, not a really good picture of it. They're like, I'm going to hand you a significant historical artifact from a culture that you are not a part of. That's like, mm, not at all. And I'm going to, you uh, above everyone will be able to figure out how the fuck to read this, which when you're eight, you're like, of course, she's magical. She's going to figure this shit out. And when I'm reading it now, I'm like, this is very wish fulfillment. This is very much like, I want to be a special girl who can like solve things that nobody else can solve when it's like, I like the ones where it's like other people could handle this, but it's that nobody can be bothered. Like, I really love that setup for this, where it's like somebody who is like, underprivileged somebody who is not 
you know, the dominant part of the dominant culture is like, oh, well, I have this problem and nobody's willing to help me. You could argue that this is kind of like that, but I would say that it's also not kind of like that because like they have an entire like set of college students who are there to like basically provide um, physical labor so that they can do their digs. Like, also nobody really talks about how this is funded, I don't think. It's not like the Koch brothers have been like, we need you to dig up some native land for um, maybe some fracking reasons. There's none of that in here, so that's both good and bad. I love that they're near Vegas and they don't actually like do much, if any, Vegas stuff other than go to that one thing that one time, and they don't really give you a clear discussion of what it was, and it's fine. Uh, it, this is very possibly a situation where the Ghost Rider did actually go to the Valley of Fire and they wanted to talk about that. So that's cool, but um, not not really much else. Just a lot of like, it's pretty dry out here and we're going to look for an underground river. Um, the, the other thing that I found interesting was that the museum curator who was both weirdly interested in everything that's going on to the point that I was like, another Scientology plant, um, is like, maybe we can make this land habitable again for natives. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I do like that. It wasn't like we can immediately like develop this as a resort. I was like, that's, that's a positive. At least there's that. Um, we can, you know, kind of restore this to maybe, maybe some people who their, their, um, ancestors moved through here. Maybe this would be a good place for them to hang out. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that part of it is that it's a lot more interesting and fun when Nancy's helping somebody directly and like a, a living person, she's able to help them do something. Whenever she's discovering something that is like belongs to their family that they are willing to part with that somebody else would find significant, like when she finds the sheet music that belong within that family that she can sell that can help them like, get out of the financial stress that they're under. This is not like that, where she's not, like, directly helping a single person do something. It's that she's, like, I'm gonna discover this thing. And again, there's, Ned discovers a gold chunk, like, when they discover the underground river. Like, he's like, oh my god, look at this. And they're like, oh my god. So, again, the whole gold rush thing, where it's like, ooh, this is significant because it holds something of value to me, which, again, doesn't feel it. And they're like, one of the questions that they have is where the fuck did the gold come from? Like, how did, how did these people come across this gold? How did they work it? Like they wouldn't, they're like, they wouldn't have had much use for it. It's not really good for tools. It's, it's something that you might attach like cultural significance to, but it's not really good for usefulness. And it feels like they had to make it that it couldn't, it could not be like just, um, tablets depicting something historically significant it had to be like gold tablets that are depicting something significant remember um again crossword cipher just to go back to that where like they discover a body and they're like oh shit because that person is like a direct answer or very close to a direct ancestor of the person that they've been connected with the whole book and then they find like basically drawings of a lost civilization and again we're going back to that where it's like Oh, fuck. There's two other things that I really need to talk about, so I'm glad we kept talking. Um, the, the first thing is that there's apparently some sort of, and I think this came from the museum curator, maybe, that um, a white man came out of a gourd in the sky and, and made contact with a civilization and left, and they're like, anything else to that? Any? Okay. Which as I've heard about recently, is, like, a super, like, white supremacist, like, of course it was a white guy, of, you know, aliens, but 
it was a white guy who made contact with the civilization and not in a negative or harmful way, but also didn't appear to give them any information that they needed for like medical information or engineering information. Just like, Oh, what a white guy happened in, in a gourd from the sky and then left forever. Um, just real, 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 real weird. Um, this, the second thing was that, Oh shit. So Archie, when he pulled up on his little doom buggy, um, just trying to be sassy. He was like, look what we found. Again, I want to emphasize this is the mid seventies. Okay. He was like, we found this, this artifact. And what he pulls out, um, first off, it doesn't look like it's made from the, the material that's nearby. So they feel like it's not, not like actually something that would have been originally located there. But second, it has a swastika on it. They describe it as a swastika like symbol that it's black. And they're like, yeah, Nancy and Ned look at each other and they're like, this would not actually be like an authentic um, historical artifact. This would be an invented historical artifact. Which is another thing that I learned about fairly recently about this whole, like, big old swastika craze that the United States had in the pre-Nazi era, like, uh, 1910s, around then, because Native Native Americans had been using that symbol, like, a bunch of different cultures had been using that similar or extremely similar symbols for a very long time, and so they were like, oh, this, this symbol is gaining popularity, and this civilization used it, and so there was this huge swastika craze, where different groups that absolutely were not Nazi or fascist or anything were, had used it as, like, their, their little logo, like, like a red cross or a flame or a black swastika. So they come across that and they're like, no, we we're up enough on our history. Cause again, Nancy would have been born at the time cause she's immortal. Um, that they know that that was probably one of the like created kind of like a tchotchke that you would get in like a side show, like, uh, you know, on the side of the road, like a roadside shack or whatever, or somebody would be like, this is authentic Indian shit. They were like, yeah, this this doesn't feel like it's it's real though. Nobody says, oh my God, was Hitler here? Nobody, nobody's doing that, which I thought was very, very intriguing. Like we've, I personally had lost all that. Like that was not a thing that I was aware of that the swastika was associated with anything other than Hitler. And then they were like, oh yeah, a swastika thing. They ain't going to talk about Hitler either. They don't talk about Hitler. We don't, mm-mm, no. <laughs> It's very strange. Uh, I'm like, Ned, you fought in World War II. <laughs> it's okay. You, maybe the trauma is too deep and you're like, I can't talk about him ever again. But Ned doesn't recoil from the swastika like he's a vampire. So at least there's that. Um, yeah. So that was that was real interesting. This book is fucking all over the place. I wish that it had been more directly related to a person that she was trying to help out. I wish that it had been not a gold tablet. I The adventure was fine. Um Nancy's been in a lot more peril than other I've I've almost been killed in better towns than this, but like <laughs> Anyway, I do love the closeness between Nancy and Ned in this book, as you know I do. I love that after glowing eye that they're 
that it's almost as though like they definitely want to be spending a lot more time together. Like Nancy wants to be near him for things just to make sure he's okay. And that part of it was pretty cool. Um, Ned is not abducted at any point during this book. Nancy is barely abducted for like 12 seconds. She does climb into that car with a Scientologist, which I was not a fan of, but there we are. Anyway. Yeah. Some positives, mostly, mostly weird negatives. The cover of this book also is just very, not monochromatic, but close to it, where it's just like very washed out and yeah. And she's got a stone tablet in her hand, which is much bigger than her hand. So they're trying to imply that I'm wrong about the sizing on that. And I'm, I'm going to push back on that. It's fine. Anyway, next time, Sky Phantom. Oh God. Oh God. I, hopefully less cultural appropriation slash um, desecration of cultural artifacts. I mean, that's, that's my perpetual hope for any situation. Is this going to include less than, less of that, less of that, those things. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always stay sleuthy, my friends.